Welcome to episode 21 of the Daniel Yours podcast with today's guest, Jesse of Float Toronto. Let's go. In my opinion, floating or sensory deprivation tank is something that everybody should try at some point in your life. At least try it once and then you make your judgments on it. It sounds like a little bit of a woo-woo or kind of an out there concept, but it's something extremely beneficial for many, many things. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Jesse, who is one of the owners and co-founders of Float Toronto, which is a float center, sensory deprivation tank center, a float spa, if you will, here in Toronto. And he's just a really awesome guy who is one of the people who brought floating to Toronto really in 2014, coming from Vancouver and searching and finding something that he and his business partner both enjoyed and said, hey, why don't we just do this and create our own and share it with the world? And there you have it. So we talked about what is floating. It's maybe something that you may have not heard of before. So it's a really great introduction. Jesse did a great job of explaining what it is, what it's used for, who should do it, the many different benefits and uses of it. We also spoke about just living a holistic and and very natural and full lifestyle as a regular human and how to live like a human. And one of those things as well that Jesse is very passionate about is spring water and this concept of just getting water from the earth rather than from a tap. And again, not that there's anything so wrong with tap water, but you know, if you can get it from the earth, it's just something special and something a little bit better. So we got into that, talked a lot about, you know, just general health concepts and like always the common things, eat real food, take care of your mind, take care of your body, move your body, drink water, and everything else will take care of itself. So If you're interested in floating, if you've never heard of floating, this episode is for you. It was a pleasure to speak with Jesse, and here it is, my conversation with Jesse from Float Toronto. Jesse, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to do it. Yeah, it's a pleasure, and it's so awesome that you know this came together so quickly. I guess just in the context of all things, like our scheduling, or really everyone's scheduling is so all over the place where you know things that we want to do, we can kind of fit in. We all have things that are important to get done, but less time-sensitive stuff. Totally. Yeah. I, I feel pretty flexible these days. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully some of this can, can continue going into the, into the restarts, uh, you know, if, and when we get there in Toronto here. Yeah, totally, man. For sure. Uh, why don't we start off real quick? Go ahead and introduce yourself, um, introduce the, the float center and, and all that. Sure. Yeah. My name is Jesse, um, co-founder of float Toronto. Um, it's a flotation and or sensory deprivation tank center here in Toronto on the West side. We're just about a half a block west of the Drake Hotel for anybody thinking about, um, you know, logistics of where it is. Um, a float tank is essentially it's a it's a practice where you have about 10 and a half inches of water and you're enclosed in a, a fairly large cabin or float tank um, where once you close the door and lie down in the water, there's so much Epsom salt in the water that you float effortlessly on top of the water. Um, so you get this kind of physical relief right off the bat, just on all your joints, um, and your posture and your spine can kind of unravel. And, uh, because of, you know, the high concentration of the salts, like I was saying, you're totally buoyant. So you actually don't have to exert any effort, uh, in order to completely relax in that position. And then the basic concept of floating is that the, the magnesium in, which is in the Epsom salt acts as a natural muscle relaxant. So basically as you're floating there, you're also getting sort of infused with magnesium, um, which is in a nutshell, sort of something that inevitably we're all pretty much deficient in. That's kind of the the short, you know, story on magnesium. Um, Allegedly, apparently uh, it's sort of been, you know, diluted out of the, you know, right at the soil level. So it's not really getting into the food in a way that it may be used to. So it's, you know, I'm sure something that a lot of us need to supplement 
And I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of your listeners kind of already know that's kind of one of those things that you hear all the time, you know, hey, you got to take a magnesium supplement and magnesium is something that helps, you know, hundreds of maybe thousands of, of processes within the body. So it's a really, really important mineral, um, you know, for sleep regulation and like I was saying, muscle, muscle relaxation and nervous system functioning, things like that. So you really get like a big dose of the, the magnesium when you're in the flow tank. And you also get this mental relaxation in a, in a really deep kind of way, because another aspect of the experience is that you have a, you know, no lights inside the tank. Well, there is a light inside the tank um, that's sort of user controlled. So it's optional. You can keep it on, but the full experience pretty much involves turning the light off. And so you, you really don't see anything, you know, you could, you wouldn't even be able to see your hand if it was right in front of your face. And that's the next layer of sensory deprivation um in the experience so you know you got no lights you got no sound you don't hear anything you're wearing earplugs and your ears are below the water and uh because of like all those circumstances when you put it all together you you kind of get this you know sort of like a reset um and, and a deep you know a deep experience you know i i, I sometimes you know don't want to put an, an exact you know description on what that experience is because it's so different for everyone um, but you definitely get into, you know, a deep meditative kind of state, a deep relaxation, a reflective kind of state. Um, sometimes you, you, you can kind of, you know, because there's no external distractions in there, you can kind of get into a little bit of a different mindset than you would be able to, if you're just meditating or, or relaxing, you know, somewhere where you can still kind of hear all your surroundings and things like that. Yeah. So anyway, I, I was co-founded Float Toronto about seven years ago with my business partner, Sean, one of my best friends. Um, we came here from Vancouver to do it. That was sort of part of our origin story. And I can kind of go deeper into that if you like. Um, but yeah, it's been going for about seven years. It's been a great group of staff and uh, a really loyal group of, you know, customers and regulars who come all the time and really get a lot of use and benefit out of, uh, you know, what we're offering there. Yeah, I think there's tons to unpack there. And you did a great job of describing kind of on the surface level what, you know, what floating even is, because it, it it's not something that probably a lot of people have done more and more as, as time goes on, of course, like you guys have been open and probably were one of the first, if not the first in Toronto. Um, w one question I have off the top and of um, among many things that I want to get into here is like, when do you think that you'll have to stop answering the what is floating question? Like, how, how far along have we come in that? Um, it's a good question. You know, it'll probably always be there because it's such an obscure, you know, rather, you know, sort of unheard of, um, you know, modality. And there's always people who are learning about it. But I do think that it's creeping in into the mainstream consciousness, at least a little bit, you know, it's one of those things that maybe a lot of people have at least heard about, you know, some people have tried it. Uh, and then, you know, an even smaller amount of people do it, do it, you know, regularly. So yeah, I mean, there's been a whole bunch of centers that have popped up all around the GTA, all over the world. Um, hundreds of float tanks around the world, probably one in every ma major city at this point, uh, you know, for the most part. So yeah, it's, it's definitely happening. Yeah, it's definitely grown. And uh, since I first ever heard about it, which was probably around 2015 or so, um, I, I believe the first place I ever heard about it was Tim Ferriss podcast, which probably uh, many people heard about it the first time on there or, or maybe Rogan speaking about it. Yeah, um, totally. But it's, def it's definitely coming up more and more and something that I think needs to be just, you know, more, more normalized and more part of one's regular self-care routine, whether it be like you mentioned, the physical benefits of it, which are very apparent and 
I think even more so the psychological and mental benefits of, of getting in the tank and spending some time there. Totally. Yeah. You know, and, and it, and it's like, it doesn't, it's not for everyone. And I don't think it is for everyone. And, and like, I think it's more about finding, uh, you know, an activity that you can do where you just totally disconnect from your regular routine, whether it's floating or whether it's walking in the forest, whether it's going on a trip or going camping or golfing or whatever it is, it's another, you know, avenue for people to kind of, you know, hone in on and, and take advantage of and, um, and just use as a way to sort of reset themselves and refocus and give their body some rest. Yeah. Right. One, one way that I personally like to think about floating is it, it gives you a new physical environment to get into a new space in your head. So you can, like you mentioned, you know, sit here on my bed or on your couch or floor or whatever and get into a meditation. But, you know, you still hear honking outside, you know, maybe someone in your house is cooking or talking or making noise and you have to move away from those distractions. In the tank, all of those distractions are gone. And so because of that new environment, it's almost the same as, you know, you go on vacation, you get to the beach. That's a new environment to insert yourself in to get into a different headspace, maybe get into a different workflow, whatever it is you got going on. And so it's it's just a new physical environment to insert yourself in where you can explore different things that you don't have the opportunity to explore in the quote unquote real world. Exactly. Yeah. Like I like to think about it in this way, like your brain is sort of like a receptor, right? It's always deciphering information and interpreting it, whether you like it or not. And, you know, you do like it because it's your brain and you're trying to figure out what's going on around you. But when you get in the tank, what often happens is for the first 15 or 20 minutes, and it does sort of get easier the more you do it, um, you're kind of lying there and you're going through the last sort of thoughts that you were having before you got in. And, and um, you know, you're sort of distracted by the new sensations or whatever, getting comfortable. But eventually... There's nothing for your brain to interpret. There's no lights. There's no sound. There's not even really a physical sensation because the water is set to your body temperature. So it's a skin receptor neutral temperature. So when you're still and you find a comfortable position and the water completely settles, you don't really feel the difference between your body and the water in the air. At least that's the goal of what we're trying to provide there. So after all of that happens, your brain, I think some, something happens where your brain is like, okay, there's nothing to do here. I'm just going to like go internal or, or relax more deeply. And at that point, yeah, I think people start to have, uh, you know, some, some of those deeper experiences. Yeah, I agree. And the, the physical sensation of losing feeling of kind of where your body ends and where the world or the water uh, begins is, is a very interesting one. And something that I experience, maybe not everyone experiences or can't comprehend that you experience it is probably more. Uh, more accurate, but it's something that's it's hard to describe and understand if you've never felt it. So, I mean, if you're if you're listening to this and thinking like, well, that's, that's impossible. I obviously know where my fingers end. Get in the tank and you'll understand what it's like to not understand where your body is. And you look up, but you you know that it's up because you're facing up, but you don't really know. You're not really there's like a, that small amount of doubt about where you are in space and seeing things you can't see even two feet in front of you or or what would seem like a hundred feet in front of you. There's no exactly. concept of that. And it's a very, it's a very interesting and unique uh, place to be physically in the world. Totally. And uh, just a note on that for the listeners, because I'm sure some people are, are sort of maybe just their knee jerk reactions to be a little bit freaked out at the, you know, the idea of going inside in the closed space and maybe thinking that it might be sort of claustrophobic or something like that, which is without a doubt, the number one concern people have. Um, but it's kind of funny because it's sort of the opposite because once you actually settle into the experience and you do have a comfortable position and, and you you experience that sort of merging feeling, it feels totally expansive and even infinite. And, and just, there's no, even time is weird in there. And you just sort of go into this void of, you know, nothingness. 
and it's totally comfortable because you're totally stretched out. And like I said, you're getting all that magnesium into your muscles. So internally, your whole, your whole system just feels, you know, safe and, and relaxed. And, uh, and yeah, it's great. It's a really, yeah. it's definitely an interesting feeling. It's one of those things that, you know, one has to experience. I think, you, you know, we can talk about it all we want and you, it can be described to you and, and whatnot, but until you really feel it, it's, it's hard to put into words, I think. Totally. Yeah. Do you find that to be sort of a challenge when, when speaking about it or just promoting it, you know, in the, in the business aspect or kind of just promoting floating and talking about it in general? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those things that you have to try to understand it. Um, it's just total given. And like, we're pretty, you know, we're not so aggressive with our advertising in, in that way. Like we don't really ever feel like we're trying to, you know, for, you know, really pressure people to get in there. We're very passive in the, on that way. We just sort of, you know, advertise that we're here and here's what we, we provide. And, you know, we just sort of find that the people who are interested in it, um, they find their way, they find their way in. And uh, yeah. And, and, and that's just, there's sort of an organic sort of thing that's happening on that front, I guess I, I would say. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. a, a cultural shift towards that. And, and maybe, well, I don't know, maybe you tell me in, in light of COVID and everyone kind of being, you know, more isolated and whatever, do you find that there is a, a difference or maybe increase or even decrease in, in interest in doing things like this to kind of like get deeper in, inside ourselves to try something like a float tank or has there any been any change in context of COVID? Um, you know, there's been slight changes around, you know, how many sessions we're offering, you know, we're offering a slightly less, uh, sessions each day, just so we can allow even more room for, you know, less, you know, you know, more room between each client and less overlap and things like that. Um, but no, like I said, we have a pretty steady client base, you know, we have a lot of regulars that come in and I think, I think if anything in this sort of new world we're going into, there's going to be more interest in, in things like that. I think we're, you know, it's definitely goes hand in hand with like consciousness expansion and, you know, so quote unquote awakenings that are happening all over the place and thinking about things differently and, and taking more care of yourself and taking, you know, personal responsibility for your health. I think these are all trends that are, are, are only increasing and floating. It just fits right in with that really well. It's a great addition to almost anything. Uh, you know, and it's not one type of person that's coming in. It's not like just athletes or just biohackers or just, you know, podcasters. It's like young people, old people, everyone in between. Yeah. I love and, that. Uh, yeah. I love that description that it is for everyone because it has so many different benefits and, and it's almost what you make it, what your intention is going in there. Do you want to just go in there and not think about anything and, you know, heal something in your body physically kind of, you know, just aches and pains, or do you want to go in there and think about some think about something and, and go into a new headspace or work some ideas out in your head. And it's kind of like that intention is, I think matters a lot when you, when you head into the tank and maybe it's because my almost description of it is like, it's an amplified meditation. When you mm -hmm. can meditate, you, you know, you do your thing, but there's distractions in the tank. You're forced to go a little bit deeper by, by cause of the, of the environment. Yeah, totally. It, it, it helps you get deeper into a meditative state. Um, you know, it's a tool for that in a way, right? Like, it's not like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like comparing it and saying one's better than the other, anything like that. I really don't, you know, go there, but it definitely could help someone who maybe has trouble meditating because it takes away a lot of those distractions that you have. If you're just trying to sit on the floor somewhere, you know, once you're settled in the tank, um, you know, you even have to move really slowly. It makes you move really slowly because you can't touch your face while you're in there because there's so much Epsom salt. 
uh, in the water that if you touch your eye, it'll literally sting so bad that you either have to get out and wash your face or we have a little spray bottle in there so that you can spray your face down. So yeah, that's definitely a good, um, you know, thing for anyone who's planning on trying it. It's good to, to really understand that you, you got to move slow and keep your hands away from your face. You only have to do it once and you'll never do it again. Yeah. The, <laughs> the other thing I think is, is the earplugs. The last time or a couple of times ago that, that I was there, I, I forgot to put the earplugs in and I realized it like halfway through and I was like, oh, it's kind of annoying, but I don't want to get out and do it and just kind of dealt yeah. with it. And then, and then, uh, for a couple of days just had water in my ears, like not a big deal, but you know, the little things that just yeah. make the experience a little bit more comfortable. Right. And yeah, the salt in the eyes is certainly something that you, you do that once and, and never again. Totally. And like, um, you know, some people don't wear the earplugs, so it is fine to do that. You know, it's sort of a preference thing, but I'm like you, I, the water does kind of get in your ear and it can leave a little salt left over. Not, not that that's dangerous, but it's a little uncomfortable the next day. So I definitely recommend using the earplugs. And if you do get salt kind of lodged in your ears, the way to get out is with a little vinegar rinse. So like a, we, we use a diluted vinegar, just spray that in there and it dilutes the salt and just breaks it down and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we, have, we provide those at the center there. Yeah. One other thing that I'll mention about, about your center, I've been to a couple others in, in Toronto and the GTA, but I've always liked your guys, the place, the best. And nice. it's, it's almost like, and I don't say this just to, you know, kind of pump your tires, but it, 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 there's something, there's something intangible about it. It's not just like the tank. Like I, I'm sure that your guys' tanks are not custom built for yours. Like other centers might have the same tanks or whatnot. Right. Sort of. Yeah. They're, okay. so, they're sort of customized to be honest. Okay. Yeah, actually those ones. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe, so maybe that's part of it, but I think a, a part of the, a big part of it is just the environment that you guys provide the, the music, yeah. the sounds, the, the, the welcoming of whoever's working that day. Um, and all the stuff that you guys provide really contributes to the, the entire experience. And I think that just goes back to setting the intention. You walk in there, I feel super relaxed. I don't yeah. feel nervous. Even the very first time, the very first time I ever floated was at, was at your place. And, you know, I was not, not scared. That's not the right word, but confused, didn't really know what to expect. I had heard other people talk about it and oh, it's all going to be okay, but you don't really know until you get in there and then you get in the tank and okay, this is super weird, but the whole way that the environment is set up is is excellent for uh, someone who's been coming for a long amount of time and for someone who's first time ever floating. And I think that contributes to a lot of the success that you guys have had. I appreciate it. I, I love to hear it, man, because that's that's our whole mission is is to you know achieve that, right? Like our, our whole goal and our whole mission is to set the space there and take care of the float tanks in a way that people can come in and feel comfortable, you know, hopping tank and uh, just streamline the whole process. So we're just like, you know, one of the things I like the most about it is that we're, we're not like, we're not asking any questions. We're not trying to do any one-on-one -on -one therapy with anyone. We're not trying to understand why you're using it. It's like, we set the space and we teach you how it works. You go in and have your own experience. And even down to the uh, idea of like when you come out of the tank and you're even just spending those moments in the lounge or at the vanity before you leave, you know, all of our staff are, are we, we've all, you know, kind of talked about this and we're all on the same page with, you know, we don't want to go right up to people and, and ask them questions right away. Like, how was your experience or what was it like for you? Because then sometimes people are in such a deep, you know, space when they come out of the tank, you don't want to make them put words and describe the experience right away, right? Because sometimes there isn't words uh, or maybe they're not ready, you know, to, to kind of talk about it. So we, try, we even try to give people space after they come out. Um, you know, we have a little tea section there. You can grab a cup of tea and then usually people just make their way on. But uh, yeah, man, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's it's very different than, you know, you come off a roller coaster. Oh my God, how was it? Oh, it was an amazing experience. Like, it's not like that, right? I guess fun could be a word that one would describe f for 
what they feel in during a float, but it wouldn't be something that everyone would use to describe their experience. And it would be very different. And sometimes, yeah, you got to like internalize whatever just happened there. Sometimes, you know, maybe you, you went to, um, a bit of a deep place emotionally and whatever you've got going on in your life. And so you need to like take the time to process that. And like you said, putting words to that is not always um, the easiest thing. And another thing that you guys have is that, that book or, or diary in the, in the little lounge yeah. uh, place where people can, you know, write in their experiences. Cause maybe, you know, writing it sort of anonymously is a, is a nice way to um, uh, de- deal with it or, or just voice it kind of thing. Then speaking it to a stranger or drawing pictures, I think also is another great one. Totally. Um, so yeah, there's that whole shared experience I think contributes to it as well. Totally. And just the, the experience sort of continues on a little bit after you get out. I'm sure you know, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the float sort of continues on into the day and then you usually sleep really well, you know, that night. And and uh, yeah, even there ends up being once you kind of start doing it more regularly, you start anticipating it on, you know, on the day before you get there, you start setting an intention, maybe, you know, maybe doing, you know, something right before that's physical. So when you get in the tank, you get that, you know, um, rest and rehabilitation kind of feeling for sure and and i mean again it's individual to to everyone and what one's intention is i do want to take a little step back in time sort of like you know pre pre float toronto what were you doing in vancouver what you know what did your kind of life look like that led you to this to this place um i was studying holistic nutrition uh, in vancouver and i was actually also managing a kid summer camp um and then basically we, me and my, uh, my, my business partner, Sean, we were, we, we had a couple other small businesses that we were running. So we sort of had that entrepreneurial, you, you know, motivation mindset. And, uh, you know, we were in our late twenties and, you know, we, we were sort of looking for something bigger, to be honest. We, we had, we were sort of had our radar out there and we were trying to figure out, okay, what's next year. We want to do something that can, you know, make a positive impact. We don't know what it is. It could be anything. We, we sort of had our antenna up and, uh, you know, we found floating through actually through Rogan. We heard about it online through Rogan's podcast for people who don't know. I mean, I'm sure most people know Joe Rogan, but you know, it's, it's nice to understand that when he came out with his podcast, it got really big and it was one of the first podcasts to get really big. So when he started talking about floating, cause he had a float, he has a float tank in his house. And he's had one for a long time in this house. And he started yapping about it on the, on the uh, podcast and just going off about, you know, all the benefits and how it helps him and stuff like that. There was a situation that happened where overnight there was like a huge demand for this activity that literally didn't really exist. That's kind of what happened there because millions of people are hearing him talk about it. And then, you know, and trickling on to Tim Ferriss and things like that, like shortly after. So you have, you know, all these people super interested in, in trying, at least trying this experience and nowhere to do it. Um, so we kind of traveled around and we started trying different tanks we could find and, you know, in people's houses and, you know, just going to the States where there was a few centers down there and trying it. And, uh, you know, at first we just got into it ourselves, but, you know, we didn't really have the full realization that we wanted to make it into a business or that we were going to, we just wanted to do it ourselves. And it was helping us, you know, we were kind of going down the rabbit hole of, you know, um, you know, motivation and, you know, self-development and going down the whole holistic health rabbit hole and just personal development, things like that. Um, And it was sort of a tool for us, to be honest. And then later on, you know, we started having conversations and thinking like, well, you know what, 
I think a lot of people are going to want to do this if, if, you know, we can figure out a way to make it accessible and affordable and, you know, present it in a kind of commercial kind of way. Um, so, you know, it just started, it started from there, it started from just like talking about it. And then like over the course of, I guess, the next two years, we started mapping out a plan to make it happen. And we were originally going to do it in Vancouver because that's where we were and that's where our whole lives were. Um, and then we were about halfway through the sort of planning process. I would say another center popped up there and we decided to wait and, you know, just see what happens here and kind of put the whole thing on the back burner for a second. And then um, this place called Float House opened up downtown Vancouver and just absolutely nailed it, like hit it out of the park. It was a beautiful center. Uh, really good branding, really good, you know, physical setup of the space and great float experience. And so, you know, we just started floating there. And then, you know, later on, again, we, we, we kind of came back around. And we're like, well, hey, maybe we can still do this. But if we do do it, maybe we should consider going somewhere else. You know, it just it just seemed like the right idea, you know, to give the business the best chance to succeed. Um, and we were young and just sort of out for the adventure. So you know, when you look at the map of Canada, Toronto was kind of the first place you look, right? And there really wasn't anything here. So we couldn't really justify doing it anywhere else. That That's just how we thought about it. We just thought about it like, you know, putting the business first and, you know, our whole personal lives was going to come after that, I guess. So we came out here and in 2014, we set up the, the float center, that one right there where, where you've been. And uh, yeah, there was one other tank here at the time um, in, an, in a place called the Toronto Healing Arts Center on Christine Bloor there. Um, and we opened up a five tank center and kind of went from there. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the nutshell of the origin story. About two years later, we completely redid it, uh, a bunch of things in the center, including replacing the tanks, uh, because of course we made a whole bunch of mistakes that uh, we had to rectify and um, and just upgrade the whole facility to to what we knew it could be to to last you know uh, a lot longer. So you know we have really you know some brand new cabins in there now. They're really spacious and super high tech and, and, uh, and yeah, that's kind of the nutshell of the story. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a great story. I mean, you, you found something that you guys enjoyed and said, Hey, why don't, why can't we share this with other people? Right. Like, and, totally. and, what, and it was what also more... a way for us to keep doing it. Right. It was like <laughs> to, to set up a float tank. It's, there's a lot that goes into it. And in an odd way, it sort of works better this way where, you know, there's always someone there and we're meticulous with taking care of it. And there's always staff there and, and like, yeah, if you were just to have a solo tank, there's 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 a lot of maintenance effort that is actually better in a shared situation, you know, like we have now with um, you know, the way we set it up there. So, yeah, it's been great because now you know we've been floating for the last seven years. It's been awesome. Yeah, I think it's probably similar with a lot of these kind of short, sort of shared experience type things. Like, yeah, to have a to have a tank in your house would be just extremely convenient, but you yeah. miss a lot of the environmental exposure that comes with coming to a center the same mm -hmm. way. Like, you know, it's great to have a gym in your house. You know, I, I would always advocate, you know, for myself anyways, like fitness, whatever, I'll always have a gym in my house where I can work out at home, but I still like going to a gym with other people there. There's just something about that environment that's different. Right. And, totally. and that one probably enjoys more and, and, and to each their own. And I think the same would be, would be with a, with a float tank and, and maybe even more so that it's just a shared experience. And then all the the like you know logistics like you mentioned of just maintaining the tank and, and all that yeah. stuff is extra work in your house which a house is already a lot of work totally yeah you, you said that perfectly like it's just it's a lot more intentional this way you know we can when you can have the the float tanks in the center like that and uh yeah it's been great yeah for sure and 
you know, on top of that, or sorry, building off of that with like going to a center in terms of frequency and then the way that people use floating or the way that you use floating, let's maybe make it more personal example. How do you use it in terms of like, how often are you in there? Um, yeah, take it from there. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, well, there's no right way to use it. That's definitely something, you know, that is important to understand. And, and there's no right frequency to use it. You know, some people will come weekly, some people will come monthly, some people come multiple times a month, some people come once a year for like a yearly reset, maybe on their birthday or something or some there's one guy who comes every New Year's, you know, that's just his thing. And, and there's, there's definitely people who use it a lot. There's people who use it multiple times a week. There's you can't overdo it or anything. Um, personally, I've sort of just, you know, just considering how the whole thing's gone and how, how long I've been doing it, I've settled that floating at the same time every week. So I float once a week at the same time. It's just that's the way I prefer to do it because I can sort of anticipate it and maybe set an intention like we were saying. Um, I don't have to think about it. Um, you know, that's just uh, that's what feels right for me. So, yeah, it's something that's probably yeah. part of routine and probably just helps you. It's like a, a, a grounding, if you will, to, yeah. to the rest of your week and, and whatever else uh, that you've got going on, which is which is wonderful for sure. Right. And, totally. then, and then in terms of like taking care of or not taking care of, but bringing that experience outside of the tank. What are some things that you do, like once you leave the tank to, you know, whatever happened in there, how do you integrate that then into the rest of your life? Maybe it's a little bit easier. Maybe it's not the right word, but for lack of a better word right now, easier because you're doing it often and you're more experienced than average. But how would you go about um, helping someone else to integrate what happened in the tank and, and keep that uh, for a little bit longer term? Um, I think journaling is a good way. I think journaling is a good way because you definitely... You know, there's a lot of interesting thoughts that seem to come about when you're in that state. And uh, it's almost like sort of a dream state. So it's hard to hold on to everything that kind of happens in there in terms of realizations you've had and ideas that come up and stuff like that. So having a journal right in the room with you or right, you know, to use right after you get out is definitely a useful way. Um, but in general, we don't really we don't really sort of offer that type of assistance with people, to be honest, like, you know, we're not trying to be like therapists or, you know, we're not trying to keep track of, you know, what's happened for who in there, you know? So it actually doesn't come up for much. That doesn't, that question doesn't come up strangely, you know, with me that much, to be honest. Interesting. Yeah. I, I would guess also that, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll put a caveat on this, you know, this is not medical advice and we're not doctors, blah, blah, blah. But for, for those who are looking for therapeutic uses of a tank, are there practitioners, whoever they may be, who are prescribing floating as a, as a part of one's therapy for any number of, of things that they might be dealing with? Totally. Yeah, there's definitely lots of practitioners who prescribe it. Um, body workers, massage therapists, naturopaths. Um, yeah. Chinese medicine practitioners, that kind of thing, I would say, personal trainers even, um, because it's just a good add-on to, to anything physical or, you know, emotionally or mentally straining as well, right? It just gives you this, you know, intentional time for integration of anything, right? It's a blank canvas in there and uh, inevitably stress and you know all you know elevated stress hormones which we probably all kind of have in this modern life um it's a good strategy of of sort of mitigating that or combating that um because when you get in the tank you get 
a, a total you know, reduction in all those stress hormones. And your nervous system can really let go and relax. And I think that's really connected to a lot of things, right? Muscle tension, things like that. So yeah, it definitely, it definitely helps as a sort of added modality to, to many things. Right. And I mean, it, it's, it, it's probably quite obvious to many people that we're overwhelmed by stress and by, um, you know, stimulus all over the place. Um, and, and especially in a big city like Toronto. So kind of going back to, you know, your move from Vancouver to Toronto, how you mentioned that the, you know, your, your life would come after, you know, get to get the business going first and lifestyle kind of stuff would, would come after. And it was always kind of in conjunction, but, but separate, was there any concern that oh, Toronto is, you know, hustle and bustle city. Maybe people aren't into the, as the holistic side of things as maybe even out West in Vancouver, was that ever something that crossed your mind and how, if so, has that changed at all since, since coming here and opening the center? Um, I think Toronto's a really good place for it. I think I always kind of thought that because in Vancouver, there's so much, there's so many mo different avenues um, that you can pursue that would maybe achieve the same sort of purpose. You know, there's a little bit more, you know, people go into nature a little bit more there. I think there's more connection to the outdoors. There's more holistic offerings all over the place. You know, the whole Oceanside culture, you know, and, that, and all that. Um, Toronto just is a, honestly, it's a perfect fit for a float center because it's, uh, you know, it's sort of like a modern solution for a modern problem, you know, of, you know, all this stress and uh, the hustle and bustle that comes along with a big city like this. So, yeah, I had a feeling that people were going to like it here. I, well, we knew people were going to like it here, right? Because it goes back to what we knew. We knew that there was going to be a huge demand for this that wasn't being served. Like we knew that we knew that a lot of our clients and a lot of our friends were out there waiting for for something like this you know it was just like if we didn't do it somebody else would have and many people did as you know at, shortly after us and we've become friends with all those people too like we're really tight with actually all the centers here in toronto and i can recommend a whole bunch of places if people are interested um but yeah toronto's been a great fit a great you know and we've had a great time here to be honest I'm, i've been pleasantly surprised with toronto um i just find people super friendly here made so many so many friends and uh yeah, it's been a blast. And then the float, the float center is in a really cool neighborhood over here on Queen West. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's sort of the answer that I, that I thought you would give, although it, it seems, you know, Toronto is less on the holistic side of things, let's just say as a general blanket than like out West, but because we don't have as much access to, to the mountains or, or any access, you know, to, to the ocean and all those kind of things, we have less, uh, escapes maybe to, to make, to, to get out of our own head, to get out of the hustle and bustle. So somewhere like a float center, like a float tank is a, an easy way, like you said, to have a modern solution to, to a modern problem where in a, in a more natural environment, maybe we don't have, uh, uh, you know, we don't need to necessarily get in the float tank as much because there are other ways to achieve similar results. Never would never be the same because you'd never be without senses, yeah, but, totally. but, a, but a similar result. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what else was going to say? I just blanked again. Was, was, um, I was going to ask you about sort of progressions to floating. So how has it changed for you since like the first time that you kind of got into the tank to now? I'm sure it's, you know, there's been many, many floats and many, many hours, but are there different things that you think about? Uh, is, is there a skill to it? And how would you kind of go about, you know, teaching that if, if someone were to ask? Um, I would say if you're going to try it, I would. I would say try it a few times, 
commit to trying it a few times because the first time you do it, like you said, there's a bit of anticipation. You're not really sure what it's going to be like and you got to get used to the physical sensation and you know how the water feels on your body and things like that. Um, usually by the second, third float, that's when people really have their, their best float or their breakthrough float or they really get it or they come out and say like, oh, this one was totally different than the last time and I was able to go way deeper just because you've kind of removed all those, um, you know, questions about what the experience is like. Um, for me personally, it doesn't get old. Honestly, it doesn't get old. It's just so nice to, to have that experience, you know, once a week, I'm always looking forward to it. I always love, I, I always feel totally blissed out when I come out of there. I get really calm when I come out of there. Like I move really slow. I, I'll sit around the center for a while. I'll walk home really slowly. I'll leave my phone off for as long as I can. I like to turn my phone off before I go in. And then, app, you know, if you can, if you can turn it off, you know, for a period of time before, I find that really helpful to start slowing down. And then if you can leave it off after, um, that helps as well. Because you, like I said, before you go jump right back into that, you know, whatever notifications and, you know, fast pace, hustle, bustle, whatever it is, whatever you're up to. Um, yeah. So I would say just, you know, remove any anticipation of what the experience is going to be like, try not to, to expect something because it's definitely going to be different for everybody. That's definitely something I could say and, and something I found over the years. Um, and yeah, don't limit what the experience can be, right? Because if some people will go in, trying to heal lower back pain, right? And that's why they're going there. But then inevitably they maybe have some kind of feeling that's somewhere on the spectrum of meditation, even though they're not into meditation, they may get some kind of deeper mental experience or emotional kind of release or something. Um, and I would say just let, let whatever happens happens in there because uh, it sort of it may surprise you on, on what happens to you in there. For sure. Do you, yeah. do you, do you also have thoughts on the, the length of time. So usually appointments are an hour, but there are the two hour appointments. And I've heard some people recommend, you know, for your first one or first couple, like take the two hour appointment. It's going to seem like a lot, but it gives you the the time to kind of get deep into that. What, what are your thoughts, thoughts on that? Um, yeah, again, it's sort of a preference thing. Yeah, so it's actually 90 minutes. The first float in the day and the last float in the evening are 90 minutes. So it's just sort of a little bonus thing that we've always done. Um, it did used to be two hours at one point, but Somewhere along there, it got changed to 90 minutes. Somewhere, you know, in the beginning of COVID there. And there's a number of reasons why that happened. But yeah, it's 90 minutes, which is a nice amount of time. Um, yeah, I, I, either or. Either or would work. You know, some, sometimes it's nice for people to start with the hour and then for their second one, go to the 90 minutes. Some people swear by the one hour ones. They, you know, come all the time. Some people book two sessions back to back and do three hours. So <laughs> it's a, sort of a preference thing, I, I would say. Yeah, it's interesting how how individual it is and and you know, it does seem like a long time to someone who's never done it. I know for for my own self, the first time I ever did it, I did an hour and it was like, "Oh, I've never, you know, I've never sat and tried to meditate or done, you know, just done nothing for for 1 hour in a row." It seems like a lot, but then when you're in there like you said, you know, time kind of it's it's strange. You it, it feels slow, but it also kind of feels fast at the same time and it's just yeah. you're not really sure of how time is is passing. So it's quite um quite an interesting sensation in that way. I've done the 2 hour one for me at the time, it was, it was a bit too much. I got to a point where I was like, okay, I've, I've, you know, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Personally, time. I like 90 minutes, 90 minutes. I just find is like the right dose for me, it seems. Um, but an hour is great too. And, and yeah, like you said, time is very slippery in there. Like you, 
you don't have any reference, uh, you know, at all. So you, you know, you might slip into, into a sort of a deep state and then the, the music comes on at the end of the tank. That's how you know the session's over. There's, we have sort of underwater transducers underneath the tank that kind of beam in some music to wake you up. And then, and then the light comes on after that to help you make your way out of the tank. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that whole experience is, is really easy. And, and, and have you ever, do, do a lot of people use the light? Is that a common thing? Like, especially first timers? I, I would imagine no, but. Yeah, people use the light. People use the light. I, I would say not most people, but yeah, there's some people who definitely use the light, and that's totally fine, and that's what it's there for, and uh, it's still a great experience even with the light, right? Right. Um, yeah, you're still getting the floating sensation, still getting you know all that physical rehabilitation and muscle relaxation, and um, but it's nice without the light. If you go, if you're listening to this and you're going to try, I definitely recommend you know, turning off the light because it's a pretty cool feeling, uh, you know, just being in the void of the nothingness and uh you know just it's really nice yeah, yeah. it's relaxing yeah like if you're gonna do it do it <laughs> you know if, yeah totally if the, the lights the lights there if That's you need it but try not to yes. yeah totally exactly. agree. In, in terms of experience and sort of like you know building off of this environment i know something else switching gears a little bit here that you guys are really into is the spring water and and collecting water naturally and kind of you know living that you know totally holistic life it's not just about getting in the tank and you know solves all the problems of the world there's other stuff that we got to do to take care of ourselves so how did you guys start that how did you even find those things because it's not something i've ever heard of aside from what you guys share interesting yeah we're very passionate with spring water um we go collect our own spring water and ontario is a great place to collect spring water because there's so many springs there's dozens of springs i think there's over 30 of them in ontario um, and they're all over the place. And there's a website called findaspring.com um, that has sort of a, uh, you know, a whole inventory of, of springs that are all around the province. Um, it's just kind of one of those things that clicks for some people. You know what I mean? It's like we're water beings. We're, you know, allegedly made up of mostly water, right? We all know that 60, 70, 80%, whatever it is. So, you know, you might as well make that water as pristine and clean and natural as possible and that's what spring water is spring water is living water from the source of where water comes from and we happen to live in a place where there's like an abundance of of fresh spring water and i think probably a lot of people have something you know in their programming about you know it's not safe or it's not tested or maybe they've been to somebody's cottage that has like smelly sulfur water or something like that from like a well um, but spring, a spring is different from a well, right? A, a well is where you're drilling down and tapping into the water table sort of before the water's ready to, you know, pop out of the surface. A spring is a source where it's, it's gone through all the filtration uh, of, of the ground layers and through all the rocks and all the dirt and everything. And it comes out perfectly clean, odorless, um, you know, people go and test these sources, independent test sources. And, uh, it's clean and it's totally pristine. And it's kind of one of those things that once you start doing it, you just do it and you, you don't go back. That's from my experience. I've been collecting yeah. spring water for like seven years and we, we don't run out. Like as soon as, as soon as we're getting low on our buckets, we just go right back. And uh, the spring I go to is about an hour away outside of the city from, you know, I live close to the float center here and we fill up um, about 12 of these, uh, you know, 20 liter jugs. And there's a few of us that live here and we all share it and it's the best. It's honestly the best. Yeah. yeah. It's way better than, uh, you know, just a regular filter, you know what I mean? Because it's not that tap water is unsafe. It's just dead. 
you know it's it's been you know there's chemicals added to it to sterilize it and it's gone through all these you know lead pipes and you know by the time it gets to you it's just it doesn't have as much to offer as like a natural source which has minerals and you know it's probably good for your gut biome and and things like that and it just tastes amazing just the taste alone yeah. like if you taste a ta toronto tap water versus like the spring water that we collect it's like two different things and uh yeah i highly recommend um people to to at least plant the seed in their own consciousness of going to collect their own spring water. Because, I was just, I was just yeah, going to mention, awesome. you know, if, if someone's not into the, if you're not going to buy the, the health claims and the, you know, the cleanliness connection to the earth and all the, if that's too woo woo for you somehow, then, then the taste alone is like, taste you, know, alone is you just, just deal with that. And, and, and that should be enough to, to convince you. But, and like anything, it's a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole to go down. Once you start reading about what spring water is and the benefits that it offers, it's a no brainer. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, if you're drinking bottled water out of plastic bottles, like that's not, there's no good either. Like there's, you know, the, the water, the, the plastics are leaching into the water and they're getting into you. And yeah, it's, you know, it's, there's it's, a saying in the spring water community, you, you either get a filter or you are the filter. Right. Right. And the <laughs> spring like water is like no filter needed. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting what people will, will pick and choose to sort of like you know, hang their hat on as to like the most healthy thing. Some people will, will go crazy on water and some people say, oh no, I only use, you know, natural deodorant and that solves all the issues of the world. But then, you, you know, you neglect the water that you drink and, you know, you use more water, you know, you drink more water, I hope, than you use deodorant or, or you know, hand soap or something like that. And it's, it's very interesting that, you know, the things that we choose to, or some right. people choose to neglect and some people choose to like go all in on in, 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 in name of their health. The spring water is a really empowering one because it's like you're going, you're intentionally going out to like collect the next version of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like you're collecting that water that's literally going to become you. And it also has become one of my favorite activities, you know, just going out to get it because it's another one of those things like floating where you're like getting out of the city, having a disconnect. You usually go for a little hike somewhere around there. There's a lot of, a lot of beautiful little trails and stuff like that. And yeah, we've like turned all of our friends onto it around here. So honestly, everybody that I know around me here, like everybody collects spring water. Like yeah. Everybody in like our little community here, um, like, all, you know, a bunch of our staff and stuff like that. So yeah, man, it's been really great. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it a, a couple of times and I definitely like it. It's, it's uh, something I certainly need to do more of, but there's, like you said, there's something almost primal about it where it's like, totally. you're, you know, you're going to collect water the same way as if you went and hunted food or gathered food or, or grew your own vegetables in a garden or, you know, whatever. Right. And there's something very, very primal about that, about that feeling of providing for yourself rather than just turning the tap on and, and, and drinking whatever comes out. Totally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Spring water is the best. Yeah. And I think, I recommend I, it. I think getting back to like, just getting back into our bodies, back into the, you know, the natural way that, you know, we're supposed to live. And one can argue about this. Oh, the natural way is just the way that we live. Like it's 2021. We should be, you know, you can be on your phone and it's just part of life, but there's a whole other side of things that we've been doing for hundreds, thousands, millions of years that we seem to forget about and call it crazy now, which is, you know, it's kind of backwards. Like natural medicine is is the unconventional way of doing things well. Yeah. You know, uh, exactly. look look back and look back, you know, a long time and that's the way we've been doing things for for a long time. Exactly. It's a, it's a good reminder, you know, to remind yourself like how long we've all been here. There's been some things that have been happening for a long time. So, yeah, to just discount something because we haven't been doing it like recently 
you know, it doesn't make much sense. So yeah, there's a lot of ancient wisdom out there that we, we can tap into. For sure. And, and I mean, still with getting um, into new environments and, and getting out into nature and going out there, you guys often, or not often, but somewhat regularly, you're, you're out in the DR doing work there or just hanging out and visiting. Tell me a out little where, bit. Out where? In, in Dominican Republic. Oh, okay. No, so actually that's uh, Dominica. Oh, okay. So my, it's a different country. That's mistake. okay. It's, it's okay. It's a common mistake. So there's uh, Dominican Republic and then there's an island called Dominica. Okay. It's in the Caribbean chain and it's, um, it's just, you know, near St. Lucia and near Barbados. And it's just, uh, I have some friends in Barbados that came into my life in 20, 2008. I did a semester in Barbados when I was at university. I did a semester abroad. So I met some good friends down there um, and I continued to go back and visit them you know, when I could for, so I probably went down there about five times to Barbados. And, you know, many of those times were just solo, just going down there with a backpack and a tent and things like that. Um, kind of backpacking around. And they were always telling me, if you think this is nice, wait till you, we show you Dominica. And they were always talking about this Island Dominica that no one seems to have heard of. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of one of these things that eventually I was going to have to go check out this place. So in 2017 i went there with a group of them and it, it was just a beautiful island that's totally mountainous and there's volcanoes and hot springs and there's 365 rivers freshwater rivers all over the island just absolutely gorgeous country really friendly really nice people really safe and uh like the rivers were like so fresh you could swim in them and drink them at the same time <laughs> like, like no joke that's amazing it was just like an amazing and amazing place and you know once i went there the first time i had sort of felt like i have to show other people this place as soon as possible that was the feeling i had when i came back and so i organized like uh two more trips after that where i took groups of people like some groups of my friends down there and we just adventured around and yeah, we had a total blast. And yeah, we I put uh, the, there's a stories on our Instagram that uh, shows some of the highlights from that trip. I think that's where you probably saw that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it looks amazing. It looks so beautiful. And and now that you said that it's not Dominican Republic, I you know remembered. But, you know, just like you said, it's not a place that people really know of. And so even myself having seen those and, and, and watched them in, in amazement, uh, kind of forgot about it. But yeah, I, I was under the impression for whatever reason that there was work being done there uh, in terms of, you know, floating stuff. But I, I didn't know that you, you had friends down there and were just kind of hanging out and, and enjoying the beauty of it all. For sure. I mean, there, there was sort of um, like, basically what happened was we, when the first time I went down there was in 2017, the second time was in 2017, like a few months later. And then in between that time and the, the next trip, there was a massive storm that came through the island and devastated the whole island. The one that took out Puerto Rico and Dominica, right? Like the island got devastated, like literally like flattened. And so that third trip, there was a bit of a humanitarian sort of effort behind it where we were raising money and supplies to help out a bunch of the people that we, you know, knew from the first few trips and, and like friends of my friends who were down there. So we were helping out a little bit and we raised some money and, uh, you know, we were helping out some friends of ours that were down there that, you know, they, they got devastated. Yeah. And uh, since then, the island has kind of built back and grown back and it looks completely different and yeah, just part of the journey, I suppose. But hopefully I go get back there again. It's uh, it was it's quite a place. Yeah, it had quite an impression on me. 
Yeah, it looks it looks really amazing and, and good to hear that they're kind of you know back on their feet. Obviously, that part of the world is is you know mm-hmm. uh, prone to to those kind of disasters, which is terrible. But I guess contributes to some of the some of the beauty and the rebuilding of it all and the, and the regrowth of it all, which yeah. I guess you know goes hand in hand w- with floating and the in the, the death and rebirth of ourself in the tank to to a degree. Totally. Um, so so it's all sort of together. I I did want to ask you about the the what's the future. Of floating, I know that you're part of some conferences and and part of the you know the greater community just out, outside of Toronto, but in the world. Where does where do we go from here? What's what's happening next? Um, it's a good question. Like the the industry is growing at its own kind of pace, and sometimes it's growing faster than other points. I think the this past year has probably slowing it down a little bit, just because people are probably a little more hesitant to like open up retail spaces and things like that, and even get funding and whatever. Um, but in general, it's growing and it's all over the place, and it's probably going to keep. It's just going to keep improving, and I don't think it's going anywhere. I think the technology has gotten to a place where where um, you know the the uh, tank manufacturers are are creating. Uh, models of, of float tanks that offer great experiences and last really long. They last a really long time. And I think that the interest is only growing in it. I think the demand for it is only growing. So I think there's there's room for, for floating to be around for a long time. And, uh, you know, they some people are going to try to integrate things with it. Um, like people are working on like VR experiences so that you can be, you know, doing training sessions or having, you know, sort of VR experiences in there. We're not so interested in that, but, um, you know, it, it just is what it is. It almost can't get, a, a, you know, any, any better than it is now. You know what I mean? Like, how can you, unless you can figure out a way to provide more nothingness than we've already <laughs> created, like that's it. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. The, the VR thing seems, it seems almost backwards. Like you're going into a place of, and maybe it's just my misunderstanding of it, but it's like, you're going into a lack of sensation in order to provide a different type of sensation in virtual yeah, reality? I'm not really into it either. Um, yeah, I think personally what I'd like to do is like, I, I love that we created the center in the city and I think there's a real need for it here. And uh, and like, it's been totally awesome. I think that place is going to be there for a long time, I hope. Um, I'd also like to eventually get a float tank set up somewhere outside of a city somewhere um, in some kind of retreat situation where you know, once you come out of the tank, you're not right back in the city. You're still in like a really, you know, calming, serene environment. Um, I think that would add a, 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 an even deeper element to it. So that's sort of on my goal list to, yeah. to create something like that. That that seems to kind of line up really well. And I think, again, coming out of COVID, you know, the way things are changing is maybe people want to get out of the city, want that escape. You want to get into a tank. Maybe you want to also have a sauna and an ice bath there and, you know, other, other kinds of, um, what's the word (laughs) alternative therapies or alternative modalities for things, which shouldn't be alternative. It's what we should be doing, but (laughs) you know, just to go with the, the normal words. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that that's a fantastic idea. Are there any like restrictions or kind of roadblocks or is it just about just about kind of getting it done and getting the interest and you know the, the yeah it's just about mapping it out and, and making you know taking you know the steps needed to make it happen um but uh yeah i'd love to create some kind of retreat environment that's sort of something i'm really interested in and like you said with the saunas and the cold plunges maybe some kind of lake or pond or something um and yeah 
I think that'd be, I think there's definitely going to be, like you said, more of a demand of people to sort of have a, you know, an escape from, from the city and a total unplug from their normal everyday life for, for a little reset and things like that. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the nice things about Toronto and I guess any city in Canada, really just because we don't have a massive population is that if you live in a big city and not that we have many big cities, but if you live in a big city like Toronto, you don't have to go that far to get out of the city. You know, you drive an hour uh, in any direction or maybe an hour and a half, two hours and yeah. you're, you're out of it. You're in nature, right? You're right there. And so it doesn't have to be like some, you know, six hours deep into the mountain where there's, you know, no service and no anything, you know, you can be relatively close. So you can get there for a weekend, you know, take a four day weekend maybe and, and get out, get a full reset in and then get back to regular life. Totally. Exactly. One thing on that note then in terms of our regular life. So, you know, our, in your opinion, our life has changed obviously throughout COVID. Everyone's life has changed. You know, our scheduling is different. How do we, you know, some people will say that the freedom of time and, and the lack of strict schedule and time restricted things it is beneficial to them. They like this freedom. When we start to go back to things and, you know, everyone's back at their nine to five, and, and I know that you don't have a nine to five job and neither do I, what do you think, what are your thoughts on like, how do we maintain this sort of balance of keeping control of our time and what we've got going on in our life and the things that we like to do compared to the things that we have to do, quote unquote, for our job and, you know, 21st century life? How do we kind of maintain that balance while keeping things the way they were? Um, Does that question make any sense? Yeah, at all? kind of. How do so? <laughs> like, you mean how do we keep the balance of like, of uh, you know, just like what do you mean? I guess be yeah. So so yeah, it's, it's 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 difficult for me to even phrase this because uh, the thoughts in my head are not coming out with my voice. But yeah. <laughs> it's like you know we've we've kind of we've we've had sort of a a regression to more like you know freedom of of, of time. Do what you do what you want. Work at home. Do things at your own pace as long as you're getting stuff done. Then yeah. you know think back. You know pre COVID, we're all you know we wake up at whatever time you go to work, yeah. you get on the subway, you get, you get to your job, you sit at your desk, you go home, very sort of structured and on yeah. someone else's schedule. And now we're in this, you know, more freedom, more, uh, I, I guess, going on that, uh, towards that direction of consciousness awakening and, and, you know, I have more freedom of my time and I can work for myself. I can work online. I can work at the cottage. I can work, you know, at the beach on vacation. How do we sort of maintain this while going back into like the normalcy of, of what we were in before? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to prioritize your health, right? You got to prioritize what what really does work with you, and you got to get honest with what that is, right? I mean, if if you're leading a lifestyle that's you know harmful to to your being, you know, hopefully you can kind of wake out of that pattern and change it. You know, COVID was a lot of things. One of the one of the things it was 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 a break in the regular scheduled program. And it's definitely given everyone a little bit of a reset and an opportunity to, you know, change change the course of the, of their the path and uh, maybe correct some some harmful ways of living that weren't helping them. So I don't know. I think that's an individual challenge for each person because everyone's doing something different. Like for me, nothing changed too much at all. So I'm even thinking like, what's changed? Like, yeah. What am I going to do to keep this going? Well, actually, this is the way it's always been. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, de definitely. I don't know, de I don't know what people are doing. <laughs> definitely a, a difficult one. I didn't expect you to have a, a definitive answer. More, more your opinion. No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, and and I think there's been a lot of silver linings in this COVID experience. I think that's what you're saying, and uh, hopefully people can recognize what's you know what's you know going well for them in this new way of life and keep it going. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah for sure keep, keep the good stuff and, and get rid of the bad stuff and then, for sure. and then move forward right yeah start Amazing. floating start going to collect spring water it's gonna be all <laughs> exactly good. Do, do the simple things well live yeah. live like a live like a real human yeah you know? do, some, do some movement every day whatever it is you know it doesn't matter what it is move your body that's probably what you'd want to tell them Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. anyone who's a regular listener knows that these are all the things that I say. And it's, and it's yeah. amazing that, you know, every guest comes on and it's like, okay, what are the, you know, what are the main things? Move your body, you know, take care of your brain, eat real food, drink water. You know, it's not, it's not rocket science to take care of your body. Right. Yeah. And of, allow of your yourself health. to change, allow yourself to be open to new information so that, you know, when you hear new information, you can, you can integrate it and, and change your way of, of way of being right. A lot of times people just get stuck doing something or, you know, just because that's the way they've always done it. So, you know, just embrace the, uh, you know, the concept of forever being a student. Yeah. I love that. You know? I think, I think yeah. floating is a, is a, is a great addition to that as well, because it's something, again, a lot of people, a lot of people have done it, but there are many, many people who have never heard of it. Many people who have never tried it, who think it's some crazy foreign, you know, woo woo, you know, jungle people <laughs> kind of concept maybe. Um, and they shouldn't, and they should, you know, consider it. It doesn't have to be something that one should do. Like you always say, it's not for everyone, but at least be open to the, to the concept of it and that it, there might be something there for you. For sure. If, if you're living somewhere where there's a float tank, like close enough to you that you could just like book a float and go for it. And it's not a big deal. Like you should definitely at least go try it. Like it, it takes a whole lot of, you know, effort and work to, to get one of these tanks set up. And there's centers all over the place and definitely go give it a shot because it's, uh, I really truly think that everyone could enjoy it. There's nothing scary about it. Um, it's totally relaxing and enjoyable and rejuvenating. And, uh, there's a whole list of benefits yeah, that I, come with it. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I, I recommend it to, to, to many people and I love it myself. It's just a, such a great reset, but I, I guess just to, you know, just to be, even if you're not intending on doing it regularly, even just for a one-off novel experience, I would even recommend it for that. Yeah. You know, it's just cool to experience even once. Yeah. Um, and you know, places like ours and most of the centers have multiple tanks, obviously. So you can book at the same time as someone and, you know, make it a date and you just go into your own room and have your own experience. And then you can kind of talk about it after, or just be with each other after. And it's nice. I saw, I saw it. And it's funny that you mentioned that. I just remembered this. I saw one place and I can't remember where it is and, you know, won't mention it either. Um, but they had like a, a double tank where two people can go in together. What, what's, what's your thoughts on that? When I heard about it, I was like, this seems a little strange, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's something that some people offer. So they, so there's these double wide tanks that, uh, are out there and, you know, they allow for two people to go in at the same time. And we don't offer that experience at our place. Um, but I've done it and it's actually great. It's, you know, you may think, you may think that, uh, it would be distracting and it's obviously is a little more distracting than just going in on your own. Um, and I prefer going in on my own to be honest, but I've also had doubles tanks, uh, double floats that are great. And, you know, as long as you're comfortable with the person you're going in with and, and, uh, once you get into that comfortable position, it's like you just have this shared experience where you both go like deep into this, into this sort of, you know, the float state Interesting. and yeah, that is out there. So yeah, yeah just another yeah. experience people offer. There's enough of room in those tanks where you can both really make yourself comfortable. Like they're pretty wide. Okay. Yeah. They're really, really wide. Yeah. I, um, I always thought you may bump I've... into each other, you know, once or twice, but yeah. 
I've always thought because you know I've only been in in single tanks ever, and it's like yeah, there's enough space. You know, you you, you bounce off the walls kind of sometimes until you can find that balance. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I heard about it and I just kind of like oh that's strange and then you know forgot yeah. about it until you just until you just mentioned it. Uh, right yeah, now. it's something that's out there. It's a little harder. To, it's not offered as much um, as frequently as just a single occupancy tanks, but yeah, it's out there. Yeah. yeah. Is there anybody who you would uh, not recommend? trying floating to like off the off the top like just any contraindications if someone has some sort of condition or, or anything like that is there anyone who you would for sure say don't try it the only the only condition that we sort of have a red flag around is if you have epilepsy that's uncontrolled so if you are someone who can go into a spontaneous um you know episode of a, of a seizure or something like that those are the only ones that um we just want to make sure that uh, you have everything under control before you get in. But other than that, it's, it's, there's no contraindications at all. Yeah. yeah, We've had really young people go in. We've had people go in uh, that literally have no legs. There, there's, a, there's a fellow that goes in there once in a while that such an amazing guy comes in as a wheelchair, able to get himself in and out on his own. Um, yeah, people with all types of conditions are going in there, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I assumed as much, but figured it's it's worth the the ask and the share because mm-hmm. you know if, if there was something that you know I didn't think of as an, obviously not an expert on this stuff, uh, probably important uh, to share oh. if anyone was thinking oh. about and it. And even like uh, a lot of pregnant women come in, and it's something that uh, we see quite a bit. Um, obviously, check with your doctor before going in, but it's really nice for them because they get the relief from the weight of the baby, and it's also like a womb like experience and the baby's in a womb like experience. So it's like a womb in a womb. Yeah. And you can kind of maybe hear the baby's heart beating and, and uh, have a pretty intimate kind of time with, with the unborn child. So we've had some really good feedback about you know, with pregnant women who've gone in. One of the first ways that I ever heard being in the tank described is like, you know, you're, you're in a place without senses, without anything. And really in your life, the, the last time you were like that was when you were in the womb. And exactly. ever since you, you know, everyone was born, there's been light and sound and touch and smell and all the things. And, and it's, it's impossible outside of the tank really to, to take away all of the senses. Exactly. Yeah. Super interesting. Thank you so much uh, for, for sharing that, man. I, I re- really appreciate all your time. It's, it's been great. Is yeah, there no anything, problem. is there anything else that, that you think is worth mentioning to anyone who's, who's uh, an experienced floater or thinking about trying it, anything that we haven't uh, got into already? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that was a pretty good synopsis of the experience. I would just say, uh, yeah, if anyone has any additional questions, feel free to reach out um, to, to the shop, check out our website. There's a lot of information there. There's a, there's a video on the front page of our website that has uh, you know, sort of an orientation or an orientation video that shows you the whole experience and what the center looks like and stuff like that in case so people can get a visual of what it's like but uh no man that was great really enjoyed it yeah for sure do you want to just do you want to just um rattle off the contact information and i'll put it in the show notes but uh you know instagram handle website location all that stuff yeah totally um it's www.float-toronto.com that's the website um, the location is 1159 Queen Street West. So just like I said, half a block west of the Drake Hotel. Queen and Dufferin is kind of the main intersection near there. Um, Flow Toronto on Instagram. And yeah, 
Awesome, man. I, yeah. I appreciate it. And, and again, uh, for myself, I can highly, highly recommend your, your center floating is great. You know, so if, if you live not in Toronto, obviously, you know, go wherever is close to you. If you live in Toronto, if you can get to, to float Toronto, then go there. If Queen and Dufferin is way too far for you, go where you can and, and give it a shot. Yeah. There's a place, there's a, I'll just rattle off a few more places because yeah. there's some great places out there. There's a place, uh, there's one called float Vaughn. Um, they, they call themselves elemental that's yep. in Vaughn. I've been there as well, actually. Nice. Yeah. With Giovanni, really mm -hmm. great guy. And then, uh, there's float Valley in Markham with a, uh, there's a guy named Nadim, really nice guy who runs that place. And then there's a place in Burlington, uh, called go float. Yeah. Awesome. Jeff. Yeah. So, so if you live in Toronto, GTA, yeah, you have no, you have no excuse now. <laughs> exactly. Open your mind and, and get in there. But uh, anyways, Jesse, thank you so much for, for your time. Uh, I thank really you, appreciate Daniel, you yeah. coming on. And um, hopefully I'll uh, well, I'll see you soon. I'll, I'll be in for a float soon. Totally. Okay. Thanks so much, man. Thanks. All the best. Yeah. Bye-bye, everybody. Isn't it fascinating that most of the best health advice is all of the simplest stuff that we all know, that we've all known in our heads for so long, yet for whatever reason, struggle to actually follow through with. So, you know, you know what it is. You've heard me say it a million times. Eat real food. Drink water. Move your body every day, take care of your brain, and everything else will fall into place. Thanks so much to Jesse for coming on today and telling us all about floating. I've done it many, many times um, at Float Toronto is the first place and my favorite place that I've ever been to. Many centers are good. As Jesse said, they're all great for different things. So get to one wherever you can. If you live in Toronto, check out Float Toronto, Queen and Dufferin area, um, float-toronto online and at float toronto on instagram but i'll put all that in the show notes as per usual and if you don't live in that area get to somewhere else if you don't live in toronto get to a center in your city it's just an incredible experience that really allows you to go very deep inside of yourself and to figure out what's going on and there's a lot of physical benefits psychological benefits and you can really take it wherever you want it's a very personalized and individual experience but has so many benefits and so wide ranging and it sounds you know i'm saying this and as i'm saying it i'm like ah i'm not really offering that much but it's something that's so personal and so different for everyone and hard to describe because it's a different physical environment than anything else in the planet there's no other time where you'll be without senses totally so anyways that's the case for the float tanks. Get to one if you haven't already, and then let me know what you think. Definitely share this with a friend if you have a friend who's been thinking about floating, who's ever asked questions, who's ever heard of it. And, uh, you know, I hope that there's something that you've learned from this episode. If you're not already, please follow me on Instagram and, you know, stay tuned for more updates. I posted a, a video of, you know, my post float experience last time I was there and, and will continue to do that every time I go sort of thing. And so that's that. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, leave a rating and review on iTunes. That goes a really long way in spreading this show and spreading the message of floating and taking care of our health. So thank you very much. I appreciate you. Have a great day. We'll chat soon. Bye-bye.